Mark chapter number 13, beginning with verse number 31. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. In verse 36, he said, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. I want to preach on that one word, suddenly. Suddenly. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I pray and ask you, Lord, like you have each service, you'll anoint us to preach. And I ask you, Lord God, that you'll anoint every ear to hear and every heart to receive with meekness and grafted word. It's able to make us wise unto salvation. I ask you, Lord God, that you'll just do a work in us around this altar this morning. I do realize we're living in perilous times in the last days. And God, you're soon to come, and I want to be ready when you do. When the trump of God sounds, I intend to be gone in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, if there's someone here not ready, I pray that would change by the grace and the mercy of God that you would save. I ask you, Lord, that you'll heal those that are sick in body and need a miracle, for there are some in desperate need of miracles, oh God, and we're praying that you would touch and heal and make whole this morning. We ask it together in Jesus' name. If you love him, would you say amen? Amen. There's <clears throat> a lot of good preaching in this chapter, in this 13th chapter of, of Mark, he said, the Son of Man, we know the Son of Man is the Son of God. He said, is as a man taking a far journey, he ascended back to the Father where he ever lives to make intercession for us, and that's where he is at this moment. And the first thing he said in verse 34, he said, the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house. Do you know what he left behind when he ascended back to the Father? The church. Amen. He left the, the church, which is the, the house of God. He left his house and he gave authority to his servants. He said, Behold, I give unto you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He left this world his house when people are hurting, people are lost, or people need God. They ought to be able to know where there is a house, a house of God yes. that, gives, that, that gives God a physical address. I know there's a place where I can find God. He said, where two or three of you gather together in his name, he said, there will I be in your midst. That when we gather together, we actually give God a physical and tangible address. I know, I knew when I came to church this morning 
that I was going to congregate with brothers and sisters uh, that believe like I did and, and have prayed and sought like I have uh, that love the Lord with all their heart and soul and mind. And I knew there'd be a special, tangible presence uh, of God in this house today. That's what makes church, the house of God, so special to me. And then he said, uh, uh, of those of my house, I gave them authority as servants uh, to do my work in my absence. Uh, and he gave us power over all the power. And the word there, there's two words for power in the New Testament. There's power, which is exousia, which is in that verse. Behold, I give unto you power over all the power of the enemy. And that word means authoritative power. There's authority with the words that I give you. He said, my word he started, my word shall not pass away. Right. Said heaven and earth's gonna pass. Everything in this life is passing, temporary, fleeting. He said, except my word. Yeah. His word is law. His word is power. His word is authority. The devil isn't afraid of me. I don't have any power over the devil, but when I abide in Christ and his word abides in me, he said, then you can ask whatever you will and my father will do it for you. That's power. That's authority. It's not, if I walk in my own accord, I have no authority over the devil. But if I walk in the authority of the word of God, when all of hell comes against me, I can say to the devil, do whatever you want, but I walk on the promise that no weapon that you form against me will be allowed to prosper. I'm an overcomer in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. That is authority that he gave to us. I'm not the devil's doormat. Hell has no dominion over me. Sin has no dominion over me. Do you know you can choose to be obedient children unto God. You can walk in the authority of God's word over sin, over hell, over every weapon that's formed against you. He said, I give to every man his work and I commanded the porter to watch. We've all got a work to do for God, don't we? Hallelujah. He said, then I commanded the porter to watch. And he said, watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh at evening or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. He tells us how he is going to return. He said, I'm coming back suddenly. And Lest I find you sleeping, I command you to watch. Uh, in other words, be mindful of what I've left you. I've left you my house, uh, watch over it. Uh, I've left you my word, which is my authority, you watch over it. Uh, I give unto all of you my work to do, you watch over it. Uh, and I'm coming back. Uh, you don't know what time I'm coming back. You know the season, but you don't know the exact time. So I command you to watch because I'm coming suddenly. You won't have time to get in any makeup days. You won't have time to pray through repent. 
fact, uh, on the day that the rapture takes place, when the trumpet sounds, uh, all that's to be done now. All throughout the scripture, everything the Lord has done as far as his work has been with suddenness. Has been with speed, promptness, quickness at his timing. And when God chooses to work, he's always worked with a swift power. From salvation all the way down, God doesn't need to work it out Jesus died at Calvary and said, it is finished. As far as God is concerned, the work of salvation is done. I know the Bible tells you to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, but the Lord ain't working nothing out today. It's all been settled as far as Christ is concerned. You want to be saved, you can be saved. Why? Because Christ has paid the price. He conquered sin. He conquered hell. He conquered the grave. And salvation is the free gift of God. Listen in Acts 91 and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if any, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly, it's that same word, suddenly there came, I looked that word suddenly up, and it means in the Greek, it means all of a sudden, unexpectedly, out of nowhere, Immediately, suddenly, there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. No man gets saved by accident. The, the Bible said that there was a young man out of the tribe of Benjamin by the name of Saul, and all of the, all of the priests and the scribes and the elders of the crowd that stoned Stephen, they laid their coat at the feet of Saul. Why? Because he had authority and power to bring in anybody that was of the faith bound unto Jerusalem to be imprisoned and or put to death. And he was there on a mission to, to stamp out the preaching of the gospel. He was there on a mission to wreck the house of God, to overwhelm the authority of the believer. You see, that's hell's mission today. But what hell didn't know was on a day unexpected when he caught the devil unaware. I'm going to snatch the rug out from under you today is what Christ said to Satan. I'm going to take your chief disciple. I'm going to take your Osama bin Laden, your terrorist of the day and of the hour, and I am suddenly, all of a sudden, I am going to... Let him hear the word of God. I'm going to plant that seed in his heart. 
It's going to be hard for him to resist it. And I'm going to make him mine. He has an encounter with Stephen, who's a deacon in the church. Full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible said he was full of faith and power. And he preached under the men and they didn't like it. He preached what? He preached Christ to them. And, and Saul of Tarsus said, there's one right there. Stone that man. And they gnashed on him with their teeth and they stoned him with stones unto death. And the Bible said that while Stephen preached that his face shone like an angel. He preached like a man from another world. He preached with exousia. He preached with authoritative power. And the men, all the men that heard him, the Bible said, were pricked in their conscience. That's what the Lord said. It's hard for you to kick against the prick. I convicted you that I am indeed the Christ. You've wrestled with my word long enough. You've been fighting it. You've been fighting off is he really the Christ? He met him on the road to Damascus after they had stoned Stephen. He set his sights on Damascus and he's traveling there on the back of the horse. And the Bible said, suddenly there come a light out of heaven and blinded him, knocked him off his high horse, put him on the ground. And he said, Saul, it's hard for you to kick against the prince. He said, who are you? I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. The word persecute there means to chase down, to pursue hard and vigorously. I'm the one you've been persecuting. Oh, the word apprehend. Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended he said, oh, but I have been apprehended by Christ. It's the same word as persecuted. He's persecuting Christ. But after Christ saved him, he said, I'm chasing Christ just as hard. Just as hard as I live for the devil. I'm living for God with the same pursuit that I live for sin. It happened suddenly. They didn't have to put him uh, through a 12-step program. They didn't have to, you know, do anything by, by way of man's accord. When God saved him, he went from being a chief terrorist uh, to a chief apostle. I know it didn't happen as far as the apostle overnight. He said, when I was saved, he said, I converse with no man. He said, but went into the wilderness of Arabia for the space of three years. I believe it was there that God gave him revelation, that God gave him, he said, whether in the body or out, he allowed him to see things that were unlawful for him to write or to speak of. But I'm telling you, on that day, God took the chiefest of sinners and made him one of the chiefest of apostles. How did it happen? It happened suddenly. You may all of a sudden be aware this morning you're in the presence of a thrice holy God. You may all of a sudden realize it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. I've been denying it. I've been pushing it off. I've been putting it on the back burner long enough. It's hard to kick against the pricks 
of Holy Ghost conviction. I've waited too long. I want to tell you we're on the very verge, the brink of the coming of the Lord. You study for yourself Ezekiel's chapter 38 and 39 and that great army of the north which describes Russia in a European continent is now on a march through Ukraine. They're already in league with Iran and the Arab nations and Israel is on the devil's agenda. I want to tell you, if you're not ready for the coming of the Lord, God is getting everything ready. He's getting everything ready. And ready or not, he's coming. Amen. It's going to happen suddenly. And I want to tell you, it don't take the rest of your life to get saved and live for God. You can be born again this morning. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. The word behold means suddenly, immediately, right then and there, everything changes. <laughs> Everything changes when a man or a woman is born of God. Your whole world changes instantly. Amen. Christ wins and the devil loses instantly. Amen. Do you know you come sick in your body? We, we've been praying for Benjamin, brother and sister Torbert's son. He's in Bible college right now. He's driving down the road and started losing his vision. Had to pull off. You know, they, they knew something serious was going on. Went and had him check. A CT scan or a CAT scan revealed what they thought was a tumor. Did some more intensive MRIs. And indeed, there is a tumor there about the size of my fist. It's all the way down and centrally located down deep in the brain where you where whatever that is that makes the brain fluid, it's, it's deep down, it's inoperable. And uh, they're gonna try radiation and chemo. And she made a live stream the other night talking to the doctor and you know they got to talking about faith in God. And one of the nurses already told them they were talking to one of Benjamin's nurses and they talking about faith in God. And he said, well, I'll just tell you straight off, I'm an atheist. And they said, well, good. We're glad you are because now you get to see for yourself there is a God and he does hear and answer prayer. We want you to be a witness to it. Be hard to kick against that. Amen. And they talked to the doctor and they got to talking about their faith by saying, we want you to know that preachers and Christians all over the world are praying for you for your mind, for your hands, and for you to make the right decision. He said, oh, I appreciate that. And uh, they said, are you an atheist? He said, no, no, I'm not an atheist. I'm a, I'm a Catholic. And they got to sharing with him, uh, you know, what we are. And they said, well, we're Pentecostal. We're spirit-filled. We're full of the Holy Ghost. We believe in the power of God. We believe in the whole counsel of his word. 
old and new covenant are all fulfilled in the person of Christ and that his word is fulfilled in us as believers. We believe you can lay hands on the sick and they recover. And we also believe that God answers prayer. They, they're witnessing to him. I, I want you to know that I'm believing with them for healing. Complete healing. How does it happen? Healing happens a number of ways. The Bible said you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And recovery is a healing process. When you recover of something, that means you gradually get better until you're all the way healthy and you're all the way recovered. And if a man's broke down or disabled, I'll take recovery any day. Amen. If you've been sick a long time, you wake up tomorrow and you start feeling better. And by a week or two weeks or a month from now, you're completely better. I'll take that all day long. But then there's also the miracle of healing. That you came in in a wheelchair and you left out walking. There's the miracle of healing. That you prayed for somebody dead and they came to life again. There's a miracle of healing. That you laid your hands on somebody and the tumor left immediately. There, there is such a thing as sudden healing. Maybe you're here this morning. You didn't know it. You didn't know God had ordained the service for you. And maybe you've been sick or diseased or infirmed or weakened a long time. And you had no idea that today was God's day to suddenly break in on a service and lay his nail-scarred hand on your weak or infirm body. But he came to do it today. In Matthew chapter 8 and verse number 3, and Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Do you know what immediately means? Suddenly, instantly, automatically, all of a sudden, a man that had been a leper a long time was now instantly cleansed. Matthew 20 and 34, so Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Mark 1 and 31, he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up and immediately the fever left her and she ministered unto them. I just wanted to remind you, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It wouldn't take God a long time to fix or to remedy or to heal your situation if you can believe all things are possible. When we first started bringing Brother Joseph, Sister Helen, to church, Brother Daniel, praying for him. He said, Brother Joseph, I'm praying y'all to heal your eyes. He said, well, Brother Daniel, I don't have no eyes. I don't guess he can see. Do you doubt for one instant for one second that my God can't put eyes in those no, in, in no socks. 
Old brother Roy Drum said, when they started out in ministry, preached my first revival, he said, we left, we only got a couple of dollars. He said, my next revival, I had to go from Louisiana all the way to the west side of Texas. He said, take two days just to drive all the way across Texas. He said, all we had was $2 to put in the car. He said, my wife said, honey, we ain't going to make it. Even though that was a long time ago and gas was a whole lot cheaper then than it is now. Still, $2 wasn't going to last two days. She said, we ain't going to make it. He said, well, sweetheart, when God booked me one revival in Louisiana and the next revival all the way on the far side of Texas, God already knew Amen. that I wasn't getting but $2. He booked that revival anyway. So God has to get us to West Texas. She's worried all the way. and They get out on a lonely stretch of desert highway out there in the middle of nowhere in Texas and the car starts cluttering, starts sputtering a little bit. He rolls over to the side of the road and she starts crying. She said, I have counted. It's been over two hours since we've seen another set of headlights on this uh, desert highway. We are now officially stranded in the middle of nowhere. What are we going to do? He grabbed his little anointing, bottle of anointing oil. He said, we're going to do the only thing we can do, and that's believe God for a miracle. And she said, the car ain't going to run on that oil. He said, let's get out. We're going to pray over the car. She said, pray what? He said, pray that God will fill the gas tank. Take something that's empty and make it full. If he fill you with the Holy Ghost, uh, I guess he fill your tank with gasoline. He said, I got out, went around to mama's side as my custom was. I opened the door for my sweetheart, walked her around to the gas tank, opened the lid, anointed the cap with oil. We both laid hands and agreed in the name of Jesus. God, we're stranded. Without you, we're sitting here, you know, like two dead ducks on the side of the road. We need a miracle in the name of Jesus. Fill this tank with enough gas to get us to West Texas. He said, I have to admit, I had no way to see if God filled the tank or if he just got us there on fumes. He said that I got back in the car, put the key in the ignition, turned it over. The car cranked. He said, me and mama watched the needle go from E all the way over to full. And he said, it stayed on full till I got to West Texas. He said, nobody needed to encourage us. Nobody needed a song to kind of pump us up to make us think we were going to have a revival. He said, we had a revival over a tank of gas. Hey, hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. Had revival over a tank of gas. He, he said, everywhere I went, I promised God that I would tell that story, share that testimony. He said, everywhere I go, there's always somebody that looks at me cross-eyed with their arms folded like 
I don't believe that. He always said, and that's why it'll never happen for you. Amen. I want to tell you, you're here sick in your body this morning. It can happen suddenly. It can happen instantly. It can happen now. It can happen immediately if you believe that Jesus is in this house. If you believe that with his stripes we're healed. If you believe there's power in the blood of the Lamb, then you can be healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, I feel God in this house this morning. Do you know that the Lord saves and the Lord heals? And we also serve a God that baptizes believers, individual believers with a baptism in the Holy Ghost. How does he do it? The same way he saves, the same way he heals, is the same way he feels. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there was a, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. Cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. How did it happen? It happened suddenly. Don't tell me he can't do it. You came too late. You're in a Pentecostal church. God filled me. I've seen him fill my wife. All of my children. If I live long enough, I'm going to pray over my grandbabies and watch him fill them with the Holy Ghost as well. Hallelujah to God. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions upon my servants and my handmaidens. In that day will I pour out of my spirit, saith the Lord. On the day of Pentecost, Peter said, This is that what was thousands of years prophesied. God, on a day, in an instant, filled me with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know how long Daniel Woods sought for the Holy Ghost. I prayed over him many times with tears and sweat, but it never came. But they went to fire on the mountain, and whatever day it was, they was there. He called me weeping and crying. God healed me with the Holy Ghost. He did it instantly. Out of nowhere, all of a sudden, immediately, I went from seeking to being pulled. I don't know how long Mike Twilley sought the Holy Ghost. 
after they had moved up there to where he's at, he called me in tears. God has filled me with the Holy Ghost. It's one thing for you to preach it and tell me God wants me to have it. It's another thing to see the Holy Ghost move on you. He said, but now he's in me. Now the river of God, the fire of God burns in my spirit. Years in the making that I want to tell you if the Lord from heaven descends in this house this morning, yeah. however many of us are in this place, uh, 80 plus or however many is here, God can baptize the whole house yeah. uh, like he did on the day of Pentecost. Uh, 120 were full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Woo! Yeah. Hallelujah. Acts 16 and 25. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. I got to catch my breath. <laughs> My spirit even now moves in the midst and in the assembly of my people. Where two or three of you have gathered there have I promised to be. And behold, here I am, saith God. Think not in your heart that there is anything too hard for me to do, saith God. For I am the Lord Almighty. I have all power. I am divine creator. And I also am the giver of life. And the inspiration of my spirit without notice, without warning, suddenly I can and will touch, minister, move, and break through in the hearts and the lives of my children. And ye shall know that I, the Lord thy God, will not leave thee, neither will I forsake thee. What I have spoken, I will bring it to pass. Saith the Lord. Hallelujah. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened. And everyone's bands were loosed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. I've watched addicts get free more time, more times than one. 
I've watched addicts get free. I preached over in that Pensacola Teen Challenge one night many years ago. The director, he wasn't liking old-time Pentecost. The spirit of the God, spirit of the living God moving. I'm sweating, kicking, spitting and screaming. He wasn't liking it one bit. He, he left out of the room. Had nothing to do with them boys that were in that, in that facility. Needing God, bound by addiction. Every one of them boys weeping and crying and on their feet. And like baby birds hungry for more. They were shouting. I mean praises of victory. They were jumping up and down on their feet. Where the spirit of the Lord is. There is victory. You know what every one of them boys felt? They felt the liberty that is in Christ Jesus. At that moment they were bound by nothing. They felt victory in Jesus. I want to tell you. We need the Lord again, just like he did with Paul and Silas. We need a jailbreak anointing. We need a breakthrough from God Almighty to break through the conscience of a sin-hardened world, to break through the heart of an alcoholic or a drug addict, to break in on an adulterous man or woman and give them a heart of faithfulness and fidelity. We need a breakthrough. I want to close with this curse if you help me. In Mark 13 and 35, it's our text. Watch you therefore. You know not when the master of the house cometh at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. The Bible said the heart of the king is in the Lord's hand. As bad as I hate the fact and I wish I had a whole Congress on this side and the whole Democrat Senate on this side. As bad as I hate that we let the Democrats steal an election that was won by Donald Trump, stole a national election in an act of all-out treason and put an imposter in the White House. God orchestrated the whole thing. And you say, why in the world would he do that? Because the heart of the king's in the Lord's hand and God put a hook in Putin's jaw is drawing him down through the Ukraine. It's got him meddling in the affairs of Iran and Iraq and Syria. They're all his puppets. And they hate Israel's guts. And the Bible said that God is going to make him think an evil thought. 
I got a, a weakling. I got an Alzheimer's patient in the White House over there. They can't do nothing and won't do nothing. I marched right down through this territory, and the last nation on my list will be Israel. The Bible said somewhere around that time, either, either just prior to Ezekiel's war or just after Ezekiel's war, you read about the wrath of God being poured out on this earth. I'm telling you, we're living in the last of the last days. I believe in the imminent return, so I'm not going to tell you Ezekiel's war has to happen before we get called out of here. I'm telling you the Lord could come back this morning. Suddenly. In a moment. In a, if you put off, if you gamble with your soul and wait to Monday to decide, I should have got saved yesterday. You, you, you gambling with your very soul. What if he comes before I get through giving this altar call? If I were lost, you living on bar time, buddy. You, you, you playing with fire, hell fire, and it's going to be forever. Hell's too long to mess around. I'd get saved today. You know what my greatest regret was? I got saved when I was 22 years old. October of 93, I got born again at 22 years old. And I found Christ to be so absolutely wonderful. Beyond words to describe how wonderful I found him to be. I regretted all of my foolish childhood and teenage years chasing the things of this world living like I wanted to live, waiting until I had done all that I wanted to do before I would give my heart to God. And I thought, at least thank God I made it. Thank God I'm saved. And I said, God, what days I have left, what years we have left, I give them all to you. I've been saved now. Thankfully, longer than I was a sinner. I was a sinner 22 years. In October, I'll be a saint for 28 years. Thankfully, I've accrued more for God than I ever wasted with the devil. I'm saying, don't wait another day. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven that can't be taken away. Your 401k is going to be gone. Your, 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 your house, your car, everything you got planned to give away as inheritance, it's going to be gone. But the life you live for Christ is going to remain forever. Yeah. He's coming suddenly. He's coming soon. He's warning you to be ready. For if you're not, he said in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 1, if you'll stand, I'm finished. But of the times and of the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night or when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction 
shall come upon them as prevail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Know what the whole world's screaming for right now? Make Putin stop. We want peace. We hate this war. We're all against it. And when they shall all cry, peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them. Like travail upon a woman about to give birth. You know how labor pains hit? They start very subtle and very gradually. And she's, she'll tell you, eh, I ain't sure. But when they... When it's, time, when it's the day for that baby to be born, she looks at that husband and says, we got to go. Today's the day. It's time. I'm telling you, it seems real subtle right now. Brother Eddie, they've been preaching that for a long time. Just been little subtle signs and warnings. And I'm telling you, they're on the march now. They're crying for peace and safety now. And the Lord said, sudden destruction awaits for everybody that's not born again. I want to ask you with hearts helping me pray. If you're here this morning and you've waited, you've put it off, you've delayed, you've fought off conviction, if you're in a backslidden state, a lukewarm state, I wouldn't wait another day. I wouldn't wait another minute. I'd start right now today laying up for myself treasures in heaven. I'd forget about the foolishness of sin and iniquity, carnal pleasures which are only for a season. If I had all against somebody in my heart and wouldn't forgive them, I'd lay that down this morning. I'd ask God to forgive me and then I'd forgive them. And I'd live for God with every second I had. I'd be a soul winner. By this time tomorrow, I'd be witnessing powerfully to somebody and telling them, you know, Jesus is about to come and he saved me and I want him to save you. You'd be amazed at how God would use you for his kingdom. You'll never lose the, that reward. What you're going to work for your boss on the job tomorrow, that one, will, that one will be gone when you breathe your last breath. What you do for God it's going to stay with you forever. Amen. Father, I pray you'll pierce every heart through with conviction. I pray, Lord, those that are lost will be gloriously, miraculously, and suddenly changed, saved, born again this morning. I pray for every soul under the sound of my voice that's sick, diseased, or infirmed in their body. Oh, God, that they would be suddenly instantly, miraculously healed. Oh, my Father, I pray, oh God, for believers that are seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that they would be suddenly, instantly, miraculously filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We look, expect, and wait for your soon return. Keep us ready, oh God. Keep us burning. You gave us your house, your authority, and our work help us to watch lest you find us sleeping would you help me pray around this altar this morning come many as well let's lift up holy hands without wrath and out.